pay it forward. I think pay it forward is very noble. I think it's, it's an amazing concept. And I think those that choose to pay things forward, especially when they're experiencing positivity, then I think it's fantastic. But in my opinion, I feel like pay it forward is transactional. I think the premise to pay it forward seems as if you had to have been paid with something, some type of goodness, let's say. And now your goal is to now pay that forward to bless someone else. I think the concept is very noble. And I'm not here today to talk about or discredit pay it forward. But instead, I want to offer a new concept. Something that I call care it forward. Now care, I think we can all agree just as an individual word means you know, expressing interest for someone else and their time of need. But today, for me, CARE is an acronym. And the acronym consists of concern, authenticity, realism, and empathy. So journey with me today as we discuss care it forward. I'm your host, Eli Albalos, and this is Eli's Echo. Now, as I start to dive into this, I do have another caveat. It feels like I kind of start with those too often, but I am still recovering from the flu. So for the past three episodes now, you will be hearing a cough. I'm doing my best to suppress the cough now. I am on the mend, but just throwing it out there might not happen. So I'm going to do my best. So as we start... I think I would like to kind of call out that this episode is going to be what I feel is kind of the first episode where I talk about principles that I feel are essential to leadership. Now, don't stop the podcast because leadership, in my reference, does not necessarily mean in the workplace alone. I think there's lots of opportunities for individuals to express leadership, not just in the workplace, be it social circles with friends, be it at home with family members, um, be it in just daily public life and your ongoings. I think leadership can exist everywhere. And quite frankly, I feel that CARE, my acronym of CARE, consisting of concern, authenticity, realism, and empathy, that is actually the basis and foundation for the book that I'm releasing next year. So consider this a little bit of a sneak peek into maybe some of the concepts you might hear about or read about in the book. But more so than that, I don't feel like it's something that, again, is only dedicated to the workplace and something that I want to keep just as the center of my book. Quite frankly, care for me came about just as tenants in my life. 
for all the ups and downs that I've had through my life, through my career, I realize that care is a foundation for me. And so today I just want to expose what care means in my reference, give you a little sneak peek maybe into some of the contents you're going to read in my book. But again, more so, I challenge you all as you learn more about what I mean by care to implement maybe some of the principles in your own life. So first off, like why, why care, right? Care for me came about as an acronym. Didn't happen overnight. It really came about as I started to reflect on everything that I've been through in my life. Everything from when I was raised in a small town in uh, Borrego Springs is where I grew up, to setting foot in the corporate environment, to working in law enforcement, to stepping into a blended family situation. As I reflected back, particularly as I really started to document this stuff for my book, I realized like care has always been around for me. And so we'll break down what care means, but really it's not something that happened overnight. Maybe the acronym came about because I finally had to put names to, or words to what I feel are tenants in my life. Again, not just in leadership, but just within my family and my circles. So that maybe that's why I care. But really when I started to document it, and as I talk about it today, I really feel that every element of care does represent me. So I hope that this helps you all. That's kind of why care came about. <coughs> so um, let's start off with C, concern. So within care, concern for me means cons- having concern for others. Essentially putting others before yourself. And again, in some senses that can seem altruistic, right? It, it, it can seem... Maybe it comes naturally to, to some where you just naturally are taking second position to everyone else in your life. But I think it's more than that. I think it's not just putting someone else's needs before your own. But in addition to that, it's really having concern for them to have interest in them, to be concerned about their future, about their well-being. That's concern, right? For me, it might be my wife, you know, it might be my sons. I mean, we all know we, we go through ups and downs in life. You know, this year for my family, it has been very, very challenging. Several close family members have been lost this year for, for a variety of reasons. So concern seems very natural and easy in those situations where I do have concern for my sons, my wife, my sister-in-law, my mother-in-law, because everyone is experiencing loss. But I think is if you look at it as a tenant in your life, particularly for me, having concern for others helps me to establish kind of a, a true north if you will. 
So it's not just about like, okay, let me ask how so-and-so is doing. Let me check in on so-and-so. All those things are great. Absolutely, you should do those things if you have concern for another individual. But as a true North, concern for me, what that means is everything that I do, I do for others. Now, it's not that I'm so, you know, selfless that, oh, you know, I wake up every single day and I'm just, you know, hitting the grind for everybody else. Like to some extent, yes, but it's not like I'm it's selfless. It's not like I don't care for myself. All it means is as my true north, if I'm starting up a business or two, it's not just about, okay, let me try and start something that's going to be profitable for Eli. No, I mean, there's a lot of things that I have going on right now. And I'm sure my wife could testify that several of these businesses that I'm starting right now, my end goal is to build something that I can either have my sons, my future daughter-in-laws, who knows, my grandkids be part of later on in life. Just building something that maybe they can participate in to contribute to their future. That's the true north. That's where, for me, concern really is that guiding light. It's, it, it, yes, it is putting individuals' needs before your own, but bef- but even more so, it's everything that I do is for someone else. Even in the workplace, as a manager, a global manager in a tech company, it's not an easy job to manage careers of others. And there are a lot of times where I will have to take action on behalf of others and they will never know. And that's part of the job. But I still am always concerned with other individuals. Again, it could be emotional concern for family members, what they're going through. In the workplace, it's career concern, right? It can be emotional if someone's going through stuff and I'll connect them with resources, but it could also be career concern. Like what can I do is I'm a builder of global programs. That's my career. As I do those things, I kind of look to the future and figure out what part will this play in someone else's career? How can this contribute to their future? That's concern. (coughs) Is that true North? So a authenticity, authenticity, I'll be honest was something that was really hard for me to learn how to do. And whether or not it's because I had a really rough childhood or it was because I went right into law enforcement, which is a really close-niche career. But when I stepped into the corporate environment, it was really hard for me to be authentic. And by authentic, I mean is How could I bring my full self to work? How could I be Eli, pull back the curtain behind my interest and my expressions and bring that to work and share that with others? It was hard, but it's important. The reason why I feel authenticity is important is because if you're like me, there may be times where you will mold yourself and assimilate yourself into the circles that you're in for the sake of not disrupting the boat, not rocking the boat. 
So what do I mean by that? Let's say you're an introvert by heart, which I will testify. (laughs) Some people don't believe me. I am an introvert. I could be in my office all day long and work on all my projects. My wife's here, hang out with the dogs. I could do that all day long and be super happy. But I can be extroverted. I can flip that switch super easy. I have that benefit. But let's say you're not, it's not so easy for you to flip that switch and you're an introvert by heart, but your friends are extroverted and you do everything you can to assimilate to them to the point where you're uncomfortable, to the point where you kind of mask your emotions and you're kind of just going with the flow, but you're not really being your true self. That hurts after a while. If you're trying to hide who you are for the sake of others around you, you're inauthentic. You're not being yourself. And that's painful. I've been through, I've been there. I know. So by authenticity, I think there's a lot of benefit that people bring to the table when they embrace who they are. I'll give you an example. For me, when I went to Facebook, it was an eye-opener. I had been in tech for six years before I went to Facebook, but I was still very much rooted in my, in my law enforcement nature. And what I mean is in law enforcement, you're not supposed to show tattoos. You always had, you know, always dress the right way with proper gig lines and everything's ironed and I didn't wear my earring, you know, cause that wasn't, you know, policy. <clears throat> I went to Facebook and it's funny cause even in Apple, this kind of carried through into Apple, but at Facebook was the first time I'm like, man, I am, I am not myself. I'm missing out. And it was all because of a manager I had there that was just so amazing and down to earth and authentic, but sharp as a tack, like, I'm like, you know, that was respect that I had for that manager. I'm like, if they could be that way and be their true self with fully tatted sleeves, long hair, like, but like super intelligent and like, shoot, like I could do the same thing. And so for me, it took time to be able to realize in the workplace what it meant to be authentic where it meant not to be afraid to wear an earring or have my tattoos show because all that is representative of who I am that I can bring to the workplace. And what's funny is I realized that once I embraced my authenticity and brought that to the forefront, it was like a weight was removed off my shoulders. So authenticity, I think the value there for you as an individual, be it the workplace or even in social circles, like I said, is if you're one of those that just blends and does what everyone around you wants to do for the sake of them, but not for yourself, you're being inauthentic, you're missing out. If you can bring your true self to the forefront, you bring a lot of value. You become this beacon for others to share with others. Even if you're an introvert, but you like to do stuff with your friends, you can be authentic with your friends saying, hey, look, I know we're going to go to X location today. I'm going to hang out for like an hour or two, but I need to get back home. I have X going on. Or you know what? I just don't like crowds, but I want to be with you all. So I'm going to go do it. Right. I think the minute that kind of conversation happens, (coughs) 
as an example, you can also bring those friends into your world, right? Hey, I know we always go out to these locations, but what if we just hung out at my house and watched movies or played board games? Like being your true self really opens up to others and you're a beacon to others. Authenticity goes a long way. It hurts when you can't be yourself. The next one, realism. So realism is an interesting one. Very applicable in the workplace. By realism, I mean is be realistic with expectations. In the workplace, it's super easy to understand as a manager, right? You have to learn how to be realistic with others, especially if you're managing them and especially if they have career interests. It's being open with them to understand what they want to achieve, where they want to go in a career, and then being realistic with those people to let them know if their skills are falling short or be realistic with them. So if they have this expectation of where this particular job could take them is being bold enough to say like, look, I know where you want to go in your career, in your future, but this role can't get you there. Right. I think in the workplace, managers are so afraid to be realistic because A, it could hurt a person's feelings or B, they might lose talent. But so what? I think in the long run, you contribute more to a person's career when you're realistic with them, especially when they have expectations that fall short of their capabilities or they have expectations that fall short of the role they're in, right? So being forthright and forthcoming and realistic about what they expect, I think it goes a long way. And the other thing it goes, real, um, being realistic, <clears throat> what it does for the manager too, is if there is something that this person is capable of attaining in their role or with their skill set, but isn't quite there, that's also where realist, realism comes into play. I say, I know you want to get to X, but here's areas where I think you can improve. So let's work on that, right? That's realism rather than hiding it. I think nowadays managers are so afraid to confront individuals or so afraid to be honest, A, it's inauthentic, but B, not being realistic in the long run just really damages a person's career. So now that that's, that's the career aspect, but what about personal life? How can you be realistic in your personal life? I think it's, you're still capable, right? Think of a relationship between husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. Like, it's easy to be realistic in that relationship if you're honest. Maybe one person is more committed than the other. Do you know that? Are you realistic with those expectations? Does one person expect to be married? Or maybe one person doesn't ever expect to be married, period. Or maybe both don't expect to be married, great. I think realism also comes into play as well in your personal life, in your capabilities, right? It's always said, it's been said that, you know, um, anyone can do anything they want in the world. It's all up to you. Let me tell you something right now. That's a fallacy. Sorry to burst your bubble. Let me give you an example. 
I have asthma. I was never able to get into military. I wanted so badly to be in the military. Couldn't happen. I had asthma. Done. Disqualified. So no matter how much I wanted or worked or worked hard for it or prayed, I was never going to get into the military. That's realism. There are some things you can do in life and there's some things you can't do. Now, don't get focused on that. Right. We're not talking about mindset because mindset goes a long way and plays into whether or not you can or can't do something. But if you're realistic on what you want, what you feel you can achieve, that's realism. Empathy, the E. I really feel like there is not enough empathy in the world. And empathy is different than concern right? On the exterior, I can have concern for someone because I care about them. They're going through a hard time, right? Or I have concern for, you know, my kids because I want to create a future, help create a future for them that they can contribute to. Empathy is different. Empathy is about emotion. Can I understand what a person is emotionally feeling and going through? And not necessarily putting yourself in their shoes. There's some danger there by putting yourself in their shoes, that comment, right? Because everybody is unique. No one will be able to put themselves into my shoes to know exactly how I feel. Because a person's feelings is the totality of their lifetime experiences. And those experiences are unique to every single individual. So be careful about trying to put yourself in a person's shoes. You hear that when it comes to empathy. It's more so, can I understand or attempt to understand the emotions a person could potentially be feeling at that point in time? So my apologies, my camera cut out. So I had to kind of pause my comments and get my camera going again for the YouTube recording. So I'm going to try and pick up where I left off. But man, I, uh, it's a bummer when you kind of lose momentum. But anyway, we're talking about empathy and more so than putting yourself in their sh- another person's shoes is trying to understand emotionally what a person is going through. And I think... I think there's a lot of value in empathy. I don't think it's understood enough. And the reason why I don't feel like it's understood enough enough is expressing empathy for others is because it's uncomfortable. It really is, right? Like if you have a close friend or a family member, and this can be inside the workplace or outside the workplace, right? So if a manager has an employee that's going through stuff, or a friend has another friend that's going through stuff. And let's say some of that stuff is very, very dark. The loss of a loved one, the loss of a child, an illness. It's uncomfortable to try and understand emotionally what a person might be going through. Because especially if maybe you've been in similar situation, it might be uncomfortable for you to relive that as you hear someone else retelling it to you. So I think sometimes empathy is a little bit uncomfortable for individuals. But I think it's valuable because when you can express empathy, it doesn't mean that I need to be totally invested 
in a conversation with an individual doesn't mean I have to constantly think about what a person is going through. It just means for snapshots in time, when you're dealing with those people, be it a coworker, be it an employee, be it a friend, a family member, when you're dealing with that individual in those moments, put yourself aside and try and understand what they might be going through, especially when it's emotionally wrenching. And the reason why is you get a connection with an individual's. You connect. You help to understand what they might be going through. And the reason why I think that's valuable, if we look at the workplace as a manager, if I try and express empathy and I try and put myself in to help understand what an employee is going through, I'm going to work a little bit harder to help them out. Connect them with, um, with uh, employee benefits for leave. Or let's say it's a coworker and I'm working in a coffee shop. I might just cover their shift one extra moment because maybe they just need that help. But it takes you that one step further to really care for an individual. If it's a friend, let's say someone comes to you and is just heart-wrenching story about what they're going through and you take yourself out of the equation for a little bit and just listen and try and share emotionally what they might be going through that connection for that friend I mean it's it speaks volumes just being there in the moment with them but I really think empathy can open the door for a lot of connection with individuals but it's not comfortable. It's not easy. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Nothing, nothing worthwhile doing is going to become easy, right? So just get over it and have empathy for individuals around you. So care, if we revisit it, my acronym consisting of concern, authenticity, realism, and empathy. I think if you can connect with some of those principles of care and implement those on a regular basis, be it your personal life, professional life, as I mentioned, that's part of the foundation of my book, I really think it could go a long way. And so rather than wait for a transaction to pay something forward, something that you've paid, you're paying something forward, care forward. Caring forward comes from within you. It's not based on a transaction. Having concern for someone else, expressing off authenticity, being real with an individual expressing empathy, those are all internally driven and are limitless. So care it forward to have an impact on someone else. I appreciate the time you spent with me today, listening to me or watching me on YouTube. I ask that you, wherever you're listening to me at, Give a like, drop a comment, share my content with your friend. You never know who might have to 
who might need to listen to my message. Um, and stay tuned for book announcements. As I mentioned, care is the first is the foundation of my book that'll be coming out next year. And so I might be sharing a couple other little snippets from that book as content for podcasts. But before I leave you today, I ask you a favor, pick up your phone, text someone, call someone, email someone, message someone on social media, but let them know that you're there for them. Let them know you care for them. And best of all, tell someone that you love them. Thank you for taking time with me. I am Eli Albalos, and this is Eli Zacco. Thank you.